The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. This is Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, wherever you are on this planet. Today, we're here to have a good time to talk about how we can do better, be better, and have a happier life. And we really have a great show for you today. We broadcast from sunny Arizona, and today is one of those perfect sunny days. It looks like things are beginning to heat up, though, so pretty soon we'll be right back up there in triple digits, Uh, but this is the time of year we long for. We thank Alice Cooper for our theme song, No More Mr. Nice Guy. If you're really deep into doing some self-improvement work, some serious self-improvement work, um, you've probably learned at this point that it's okay for you to set some boundaries. It's okay to say no. And some of the people that you've been with for a long, long time may say to you, hey, you're not as nice as you used to be. It's okay. Things will settle down. Don't worry about it. You may have to make some new friends, um, and that'll be lovely. Um, But you're okay. It's a sign of strength, and it's a sign of improvement that you're beginning to say no and set your own boundaries, beginning to know who you are. Alice Cooper is going to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on Monday, March 14th. We send him our congratulations and reiterate our standing invitation to be on the show. One of these days, I'm going to catch up with Alice Cooper, and he's going to be my guest, and I look forward to that day. He's had an exciting life, a life of a lot of ups and downs, and now we know him as one of the nicest guys in town. No kidding. We're looking for sponsors who'd like to have exposure on this show and also on the self-improvement blog. We believe, as I've said before, in shameless promotion of our guests and our sponsors, and we'll do that for you if you decide to come on board with us. If you're interested, contact Scott Duffy at Voice America or me at the Self-Improvement blog. And again, as usual, I want to acknowledge and thank Chad, who's got to be the best engineer in the world. He always makes us sound good and kind of takes care of our goof-ups, and I truly appreciate it. Next week, we're going to have Carlin Sloan for our guest. Carlin's written a book that's really a must-read for all of us. It's called Unfear, Facing Change in an Era of Uncertainty. Carlin does consulting all around the world. Um, 
she's sought after by uh, large corporations because of her expertise. She's going to help us look at the four practices she recommends we employ to combat fear anytime we're confronted with it as a personal person or a, a professional on the job kind of person. This is a pre-record because right now she's traveling through, throughout Asia for a couple months. So I already know what the show is. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Today's guest is very special. Her name is Yvonne Perry. She has many, many irons in the fire. I honestly don't know how she keeps up with it and writes. She's the owner of Writers in the Sky, which is an alliance of ghost writers, editors, proofreaders, offering a quick and easy method of getting your, ma getting your manuscript or your potential manuscript ready for presentation or publication. That's a huge job. I, and, and I can't, I, I, we'll have to talk about the term ghost writers because it tickles my funny bone when I use it in relation uh, to Yvonne. We've initiated, she has initiated, or her company has initiated, the virtual book tour, which I think is one of the most exciting concepts I've heard of in a long time. They have authors appear uh, all around the country on blogs and websites, uh, on shows like this one. Uh, instead of having to go through security and get on a plane, they can have more exposure to potential readers than they've ever had before. And this show is a part of that tour. I, I'm just really excited about this concept. But we're going to be talking today especially about her remarkable story in her new book, Whose Stuff Is This? Finding Freedom from the Thoughts, Feelings, and Energy of Those Around You. People are getting more and more aware of energy and that we're energy beings. Um, and so this is a book whose time is right. It's an excellent read. I highly recommend it. And it's my privilege, my pleasure to introduce to you Yvonne Perry. Hi, Yvonne. How are you doing? Hi, Irene. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. Oh, I I'm delighted. I've really been looking forward to it. Uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself, where you are, where you're coming from. Well, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm married for the second time, this time happily instead of perfectly. <laughs> you know, the perfect marriage. <laughs> I like <work> that. <laughs> so I am a mother to two and stepmother to three, and together my husband and I have 11 grandchildren. We live in Nashville, and it's just yucky and rainy today, but we are looking for a spring to start budding any moment. And, and uh, you, you mentioned a little bit about um, what I do as a ghostwriter, and, and that is funny, the name of the company being Writers in the Sky and me being a ghostwriter and one who operates in both the physical and the spiritual world and, and interacting with spirits. I think there is just a little bit of humor in that. Yeah, I see. I get the image of you sitting at your desk, pen in hand, and a ghost really? over you. You're taking dictation. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, that's too funny. It is. It, it's so true. <laughs> Well, I also have recovering from uh, years of religious addiction, and um, I guess you would call it just a harsh relationship with church leaders who didn't understand the gifts that I had. I was trying to express these psychic gifts that I thought and, and are still believe are spiritual gifts, and it just didn't fit in with the fundamental dogma of religion that um, was passed down to me that was owned by my family and society. So I've broken out of that, and I'm ready to share what I have learned and to bless others with this uh, information in my book. 
I came from that kind of background as well, so I totally understand where you're coming from. And I'm, I'm pleased to see that some of them are opening up a little bit and realizing that these are gifts and they are real. And when they talk about spirit, that's real too. And that we can communicate with spirit wherever it is. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I wouldn't know how to live a day without being in touch with my, my guides and spiritual team. I call them my team, my guidance team. Or just accessing into that uh, our intuition or our inner guidance that we hear in our head or that we sense yeah. or just have a, a knowing. And the about. thing is, we all have that whether or we not do. we choose to believe it. Uh, it's uh, that's right. A lot of us exciting. shut it down because it's too much as children and we're... We may say things to our parents or other people, like when we're in church, and say, well, I saw Grandma so-and-so, and everybody just kind of looks at you like you're crazy, and well, she's been dead for 15 years. You never knew her. But <laughs> the truth is that child does have that kind of intuition, yes. and we need to be nurturing those kinds of gifts. And, and imaginary friends usually really are. You know, they really it's... are. That's what I have discovered, yes. So you have this new book, and I just put a review of it up on the self-improvement blog that you might want to look at. Um, I don't go into detail about what the book is, but I certainly uh, give you a feel for it, and, and I recommend it. Um, tell us, what led you to write this book? Well, it started when I had I felt like I had already come a long ways on my journey to managing some of the energy overload that I had from being an empath and was learning how to walk in more freedom of that and hadn't had any what I call psychic onslaughts for several years. And then the, uh, the flood hit Nashville back in May of 2010, almost a year ago. I remember. I was, I was hit with such compassion and deep empathy and feeling for the people who were going through this, even though I only knew a few people who are uh, affected by that in a way that caused them to lose their home or their business. But it, it stirred within me this compassionate gift that I thought I had pretty much shut down, pretty much just said, okay, no more ghosts, no more uh, taking on other people's stuff, no more prayer warrior, I'm not going to be the, uh, the, the go-to lady whenever somebody needs prayer or whatever. <laughs> it was just taking its toll on me, and I thought I had overcome that until the flood. And when I realized that, I realized also that I was being taken to a new level in my business and in my personal and spiritual walk, and that somehow this business and this spiritual endeavor, this mission that I feel like I'm here for, were going to merge and that they were going to take a new direction. And that new direction was then this book that um, I began blogging about my empathy gift. I've been, I was blogging about the flood in Nashville and some of the things that were going on there. And I started a podcast called We Are One in Spirit because that was my message. I realized how connected everyone is. If something that has affected strangers that I don't even know who live here in my city and it affected me as if it were my own calamity, yes. I saw that connection more profoundly than ever before. And I just began researching more and sharing more. And I was a friend with Karen Good, and she's a psychotherapist who has a unique perspective and understanding on the gift of empathy and how it affects us energetically. So I asked her to write the chapter on psychology, the psychology of empathy, and she has um, presented that in Chapter 6 as well as wrote the foreword for the book, which I think brings the book into a, a very well-rounded component that shares my personal story, 
the information research that I did, stories from other people who are empathic, as well as some um, techniques for grounding and centering your energy and some ways to put up some shields to help you not be uh, bombarded the way that I was last May. And uh, they're working. <laughs> it is they're working. working. For me, having that in the book takes it from what I call woo-woo to something that everybody can handle. You know, it, it puts a scientific background to it. It puts the credibility of a, a psychiatrist who's in practice and in good standing uh, behind it. There's so many things that are real, but we don't understand that we tend to ta tend to say, "Oh, that's not real. That's too way out. Whatever." And yet, it's it's real. So I thought that's a real strength of your book. I love what she had to say. And I think there's a lot of empaths out there that don't know they're empaths. D do that you was agree? My conclusion. Absolutely, that was my conclusion, and that is who this book is for. For people who are just overwhelmed with thoughts, feelings, emotions, they are unstable, but they know that it's not them. Somehow they sense that they are stronger than this, that they are more powerful than this, and they don't understand why they keep getting sucked into it and pulled down whenever they're with somebody or whenever they're in a situation or whenever they go to a particular place. They're picking up energy in their field, in, their, in the electromagnetic field around them that's causing them to sense this energetic shift, and they don't know how to clear it. They don't know how to set the energetic boundary to say, I'm not receiving that. You know, I love people. I love humanity. I can show compassion, but I do not have to be a doormat for this type of uh, people walk, wiping their energetic feet on me. <laughs> Good point. Um, I want to talk about, I want you to talk about what an empath is, but it's time for us to go to a break. To a break. So hold the thought and let's talk about empaths when we come back. This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. We're going to take a brief break. We'll be right back with my guest, Yvonne Perry. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. I have a dream. Sometimes it seems that life is just throwing you one obstacle after another. There are many people who have overcome or are overcoming their personal obstacles in order to succeed. Hear them talk about these barriers and how they overcame them on American Dreams, The Sky is the Limit, featuring host Jen Robertson. Jen herself overcame life struggles to become one of the most in-demand motivational speakers in the world today, as well as a best-selling author. Tune in to American Dreams, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Follow the World Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at World Talk Radio. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the World Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash World Talk Radio or follow along with us at World Talk Radio, the World Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are
tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Yvonne Perry. We're talking about empaths today. Some of us were introduced to empaths on Star Trek with Deanna, who was a counselor, the counselor and an empath. And I thought at the time it was very interesting. I didn't realize that I had some of those things, uh, which I find even more interesting. Uh, Yvonne, tell us what an empath really is. Well, let's start with the uh, definition of, an empath, of empathy itself. That is the compassionate ability to feel what another person, animal, or spirit is feeling. In other words, you're putting yourself in their shoes, so to speak. This can sometimes mean that we are putting their, ourselves into their pain, suffering, depression, illness, and what have you. So an empath then is a person who is very energy sensitive, and they use emotional intuition to understand or connect with others. You see this a lot in children. They have this ability even from birth. They have shapeless borders, meaning they can move their energy fields or aura in and out or around the energy field of others in order to check out how they're feeling or to understand the situation. I can remember being a child and knowing when my, my parents were about to erupt in an argument or sensing the shift yeah. in, um, in, in another person, in an adult, and knowing when I needed to just leave the room or I'm, I'm about to be in hot water. <laughs> yes. So that, that kind of intuitive picking up on the thoughts and feelings of, of other people. And you can have you can have a stomach ache because somebody else does, or a headache mm-hmm. because somebody mm-hmm. else does, and even if you never have a headaches, and you wonder what's going on here, and that's you, when you ask the question, whose stuff is this? <laughs> whose stuff is this? So, what are some of the characteristics of an empath? How can you how can you know that you are one or somebody else is one? Well, you may feel constantly overwhelmed with emotions. You may cry a lot, feel sad, angry, or depressed but you really don't have a reason for it. There's nothing going on in your life that you should have those type of emotions. It's like your emotions are not corresponding to your reality. Uh, You may be tempted to think you're crazy for having random mood swings or or bouts of unexplained fatigue. If you're a woman, it's kind of like being in PMS all the time. Oh, yuck. uh, Yuck, yes, exactly. So that's the reason for the book is to teach people how to get out of this Um, empathy fatigue and to begin to put some restraints on uh, allowing that energy field from moving in and out and from being so widespread and thinly spread. It's a lot like in the physical realm, a person being codependent, where you're trying to fix everything for another person to avoid allowing them to have their own experience. You're kind of like running interference or trying to uh, avoid, allow them, not allow them to have their experience that would probably allow them to grow by leaps and bounds. So that's pretty much in the spirit realm what we're doing with the gift of empathy, not even realizing it, is trying to keep others uh, from from feeling what they feel or from experiencing, well, especially parents and children. Yeah, if, if I'm hurting because of your pain, I really don't want you to hurt. And so that's I'm going right. to try to fix you, mm-hmm. which may mm-hmm. not help you at all. 
It may not. I may need to learn something from that. Um, recently, I've been uh, suffering with a sinus infection, not knowing what it was. I'd gone to the dentist because I thought it was a toothache and <laughs> wasn't getting any help. But during that time, I kept asking, what is the gift in this? What am I supposed to learn from this? And in that, I began to put together some audios as I was laying in bed, you know, with a, a heating pad on my face and, and taking um, Tylenol and Advil, which were barely numbing the pain. I began to ask, what can I do during this time to be creative? You, you mentioned me being one who had a lot of things going and, and never seems to be able to be still. But I realized the value of pulling away from my work and all the stuff that I, need, I needed to be doing to care for myself. That's one thing we empaths have a problem doing is really taking care of ourselves. So during that time, I created some audios about how to talk to your body and tell it to get well and how to um, in, enjoy the process of being where you're at and being non-resistant. But getting back to um, some of the characteristics of an untrained empath, um, you may go by the store or mall or theater, and you're feeling great, but once you get in the crowd, you may start having emotions, anger, sad, feeling overwhelmed, overstimulated. You may decide to come home and rest because it's just too much. Or you may find that um, because being in public is so overwhelming, you may stay at home a lot. And then when you're at home being the hermit, you watch the news and you cry, and you cry over the movies and you cry over the Humane Society commercials. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like no matter where you go, you can't seem to escape feeling sorry for people or for what they've done. You feel the need to help anyone. Uh, you're the kind that can't... Um, walk by a homeless person without feeling like you have to give him money, even if you don't have it to spare. Exactly. And yeah, so these are just some of the, the common characteristics of people who have probably too much compassion for their own good and not enough compassion for their selves. Ah, good point. How did you discover that you're an empath? How did you know that? I really didn't know that that was the term for it. My mother used to tell me I was the weak one because I cried a lot. And uh, she just didn't have the language or to, to know. I mean, I don't think she had watched uh, Star Trek, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so she probably had never heard that. But she knew that there was something different about me, that I was very sensitive to, that I cried a lot. I cried for other people. Um, you know, if I went to a funeral of a total stranger, I would be the one crying and everybody else was like, you know, get a grip. <laughs> I watched a movie when I was about 10 years old. Um, it was... Oh, I can't remember. It was with Loretta Young, and she died. She was the mom, and she died. And I cried so loud that nobody around me could hear the dialogue in the movie. Oh, no. That's an empath right there. I should have known something, but nobody in my family had any clue about what an empath was. Mine didn't either, but I had also become a prayer warrior. I, I had this... Um, this deep love for humanity and wanting, like I said, to fix people and to make things right. And I knew that one way I could do that is if I couldn't afford to offer them money or to fix the situation physically, that I could pray for them and I, they would see results. Their situation would be fixed. It made me feel worse. And, <laughs> and, and I, yours I, I would not be fixed. I didn't yeah. know what was going on. Yeah. And how so did you I, discover what that was? Well, I didn't know what that was until I finally got to the point where my health, both emotionally and physically, was declining very rapidly, and I started going to counseling and ended up uh, leaving my first marriage because we had stuffed so much of our emotions and not dealt with things, just pushing it under the rug and saying, we don't have problems, we're leaders in the church, we've got to look good, we've got to be the role model. 
And after a while, it just exploded. It just blew up. The whole marriage thing blew up. My emotions blew up. I was hitting midlife. I, my children were teenagers and just a lot of life changes. And it was, I guess they would have probably called that an emotional breakdown back, you know, eons ago before they really understood um, the psychological component of this gift. But rather than it being an emotional breakdown, I think it's an emotional awakening where you realize something's not working here and I have got to make some changes. And a lot of us go through that midlife opportunity and we do that evaluation thing, but we don't quite have the tools. On We know what we need to change, but maybe we don't know how to change it. So how did book, you get to somebody or did you get to somebody who could see what was going on to see that this that i guess what i want to say see that you weren't crazy that you because you feel crazy i never did i never did people would thought i was crazy honestly even my children thought that mom was having a uh, mom was cracking up because there was no help i did not know of anybody who could help me even the counselor that i had gone to was trying to give me bible verses and scriptures and and things that i could say and prayers that i could use to protect myself and it wasn't working so finally, I decided, well, if your religion's not working and your, your health and your emotions are just plummeting because of this, you need to find something else besides religion to fix this. And that's when I began my search. My second husband and I uh, left the church and began to uh, study on our own metaphysics, energy fields, chakras, energy work. We began to go to... Um, to healers who could uh, work with the energy fields, with the emotional field and the, the emotional body and the mental body, and just clearing out a lot of stuff. And then it was, as the, you've heard the uh, old saying that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Oh, well, yes. Teachers, teachers started appearing for both of us, especially for me. As I was moving through this, I was gaining strength and beginning to see that I was not only uh, an empath, I was also codependent. And to break that cycle in the physical realm also aided me to break it in the spiritual realm. So it was a matter of getting healthy uh, with setting boundaries, with saying no when I needed to say no, and not feeling <laughs> guilty about it. You know, that's one thing. We can say no, no, and the whole time we think, I should have gone. I should have done this. I should have, should have, should have. And I'm, it's like, yeah, your no has to be, yeah. Your no has to be no inside you as well as just coming out of your mouth. Exactly. I mean, it's I had okay. to. Uh, yeah. it, it's okay to say no. And it, I loved what you said about uh, not having to be the nice guy anymore, that if you are, people are saying you're not as nice as you used to be, then uh, you're probably self-improving. <laughs> that's and because I, you won't do everything they want you to do. You know, and you're no longer have, nice have, to them. Yeah, right. They have your time on their agenda. And exactly, you, and that's so abusive. If we stop and realize that, what we're doing to one another is abusive. It's emotionally abusive to, to demand something of somebody or to try to make them feel guilty if they don't do what you want them to do. I mean, how manipulative is that? And it's, it's pretty manipulative. So you're, you're out of the religion. You've, you've broken those ties. You're on a spiritual path. And you know, did somebody just come out and say, hey, you know what? I think you're an empath. Or did you just kind of figure it out on your own? How did, how, because this is a, a big thing to be an empath. It's, I think it and, was both. Once you both know it, then things fall in place for you. It, it clears up a lot of things. 
Right. Well, I think for me, I kind of knew that something was different, and I was calling myself an intercessor or a surrogate. And most people don't know what those terms are. They think of surrogate mother. Okay, I'm going to be a mother and carry a baby for somebody else, and then the other mother's going to um, raise the baby. Well, that's kind of like what I was doing. I was taking the energy or the detrimental energy from other people and carrying it for them so they didn't have to. So surrogate fit me quite well. But then when I heard the word uh, empath, I I had someone who was... um, Uh, I had gone to a meeting where they were doing some energy work, and he asked me, are you an empath? And suddenly and involuntarily, my body lurched forward and just went, and just a (laughs) huge groan came out of me, and I looked at my the the person, and I looked at myself, and I'm like, what was that? (laughs) But I think that was the confirmation of somebody going, finally, you get it. Finally, you get it, yeah. Um, Just for the sake of the audience who may not understand what we're talking about, when we're talking about energy, the Western world hasn't really come to a great understanding of the fact that we're energetic beings. We have an electromagnetic system. The people in the East, the Chinese, the Hindus, they understand this. But but we haven't. Um, And it's real. And you need to take care of it, and you can work with it. It's just as vital a part of you as your skeletal system or your your cardiovascular system. You have an energy system, and you know one of these days, hopefully, people are going to understand it. There's a wonderful man named Bruce Lipton who's done all kinds of research and is talking about this now. So, you know, go to YouTube and take a look at Bruce Lipton. I didn't mean to take it away from you, Yvonne, but I just want them to understand that this is real. It isn't some pie-in-the-sky thing that the airy-fairy people have made up. It's it's a real deal and needs some attention. Well, we know that the heart and the brain are electro uh, devices within the system itself, within the human body. So I don't have a hard time believing that we have this electromagnetic field around us. It's we wouldn't have heart. We wouldn't have a cardiogram or an EKG, exactly. an EEG, if we didn't have an electrical system. There would be nothing that shows up. Well, I think that's the problem with a lot of us is that if we can't prove it scientifically, then it doesn't exist. But yet we will turn around and believe that Moses parted the Red Sea and that the Egyptians ran across it on dry land and we'll believe things in the Bible uh, and from our religious teachers and leaders who have passed it down to us without ever batting an eyelash or saying, how can that be? And I'm and not I trying bet. to destroy anyone's faith. I'm just saying if you can have faith in one thing and you it can, doesn't work for you, then you can have faith in something that does. Somebody said to me the other day, ask one of the scientists who have to prove everything how he proves to his wife that he loves her. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's a really good question. Yeah, and things right up to break time again. Um, This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show on World Talk Radio saying we'll be right back with my guest Yvonne Perry in just a moment. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. If you are looking to get started or are currently operating a home-based business, you might be looking for answers. What are the risks? What business should I get started in? 
How will I market my business? How do I balance my professional life with my other life? For answers, you need to tune into The Home-Based Business Show with Helene Leontzos. Each week, we'll bring you a step-by-step -step practical guide to starting and maintaining your home-based business. Listen every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Yvonne Perry. Before the break, we were talking about energy and how our body is energy, how we have an energy system. Uh, what are some of the, the types of energy an empath can pick up, Yvonne? But l wait, let me just interrupt my own question here and have you tell the audience how they find you on the Internet and how they find your book, and then we'll go into that question. Sure. I have set up a blog for Whose Stuff Is This at and that is uh, whostuffisthis.com. That will take you to the blog where you can find all kinds of resources for empathy, for managing the energetic overload. There are audios, videos, uh, DVDs, other books and articles that you can read. And just you could spend the day there just uh, delving through all the resources at whostuffisthis.com. And then the book is also available on amazon.com, and I created a short URL so that people could remember it. And I wouldn't have to try to remember all those um, hieroglyphics that Amazon puts in there. So it's uh, http colon forward slash forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash empath Amazon. That works. That's an easy one. Tinyurl. And if Amazon. you just put in the search, whose stuff is this, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Yes, and one of the things I love about the book, Yvonne, is the bibliography and all the resources you have at the end. If anybody mm -hmm. really wants to learn more, it's there. Right. And, well, I realized that my book was not going to be the do-all, end-all um, for, for this. It was pretty much just an introduction, a primer course to show you what empathy is, what it can do to you, and to give you some tips on how to move forward from here. So. You know, chapter nine is all about clearing your energy field. Chapter eight is on identifying your own energy. Ten is on setting boundaries, and eleven is on how to work with in, in, info energy. But the resources is chapter twelve, the next step, where there are all, right. all those things listed. It's wonderful stuff. And some of the things you have people do to you know because they're an empath, I think everybody should do just because they're a human. You know, I think we all need to do some of those things. Mm -hmm. Now, back to what are some types of energy that an empath picks up? Well, an empath is sensitive to all types of energy, whether it's from the environment or emotional or mental uh, energy from a stratum known as the collective unconscious, a term that was introduced by Carl Gustav Jung, in 1916, and that's part of the collective psyche that includes even the unseen spiritual realm uh, that's not uh, seen by our 
world, you know, yeah. the world that we can touch. But this is why a lot of energy-sensitive people or empaths also hear voices. They may see apparitions. They may uh, hear the thoughts of the person sitting next to them on the bus. They may feel like they're being watched. They may have sensations such as being touched when there's absolutely no one around. Um, most of them can sense when another person's internal barometer changes, uh, even if there's no manifestation of this change. You kind of know with somebody else's hurt with you or mad at you without them even saying anything. You just kind of have that sixth sense that uh, knows, uh, that picks up on that. And some of these people get diagnosed as having mental illness, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, bipolar yeah. because of the mood swings. Yeah, that's one of the misdiagnoses. Yep. I know several sensitive people who've been diagnosed as bipolar, and they really swing because they're really picking up everything going on. They can't watch the news. Um very interesting. So they basically pick up everything. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. I mean, some are sensitive more to electronics, and they can't use cell phones, or they may wear a watch. I'm one that cannot wear a watch. If I wear a watch, the battery's going to go dead within three, three to four weeks. So, yeah, yep, absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes my computer goes berserk if I use the keyboard. I sometimes have to use a keyboard, a wireless keyboard outside the laptop. It's all energy, so if you're emitting that type of energy, it can have an influence on the environment as well as vice versa, the environment having an influence on your energy field. Yep, it it gets really interesting. There's a lot of attention these days on um, the law of attraction, manifesting. How does that work with people who are very empathic? What, What do they attract when they're feeling all of these things? Well, when you're attracting by default, you're open for anything. You are just uh, raw meat in the jungle. So oh, <laughs> you wow. can pick up anything, and that's what you don't want to do. You want to begin manifesting on purpose. And the one way to do that, uh, more than one way to do that, but by changing your thoughts and becoming more positive in your thinking, and you're going to have to do this by clearing out the thoughts that are not serving your higher purpose. And this can be done through energy work or it can be done through affirmations or by uh, just choosing. And, and for me, it was like just saying prayers that as I leave today, I see a shield of white light surrounding me and nothing will penetrate this, that, this field that is not of the highest light and beneficial for my highest good. So it's just setting that affirmation like it's like locking the door on your house at night saying, no admittance, you're not coming in. You know, this is my private space and, and um, this is my time for me. And it doesn't mean that you can't open that field and show compassion for someone uh, when you need to. It's just that it, you're not open for dumping. You know, it's like no trespassing exactly. sign. You, so, you put a big so, sign like they do at the refuge center, no dumping allowed. <laughs> no dumping yeah. allowed, that's no right. dumping allowed. And the law of attraction, you know, it works for anybody regardless of, of whether they believe it or not. Whatever yeah, you think about comes about. I mean, even the Bible says that whatever a man thinks, that he also is. So yeah, he you become and what you think about. Everybody's saying, be careful what you ask for, you might get you it. might get it. My mom used to say that. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it's not just these little random thoughts that pop in your head, like, oh, there's a cat walking across the street. No, no, it's poor the patterns of thought. You yeah. know, I'm not good enough, or uh, I, mm-hmm. I'll always be poor, or, you know, these kind that really kind of work themselves into some deeply held beliefs are the ones that are the most powerful attractors. 
So if, if you're taking in everybody's stuff and some of that stuff is negative, I'm not good enough, it really compounds quickly, doesn't it? Well, if you think about what your, if your parents, uh, if you were raised in a situation or maybe you were in a marriage or in a re- relationship where you were told that you'll never amount to anything or you're no good or you're just constantly being told that, so you start to believe that. And when that gets into your core belief system or into your psyche, it becomes unconscious and you don't even realize it's there anymore. You may exactly. even say, of course I'm worthy. Of course I deserve the best. But do you really, really believe that? Is it so ingrained in your patterning that you're continuing to attract from your core belief, not from what you're verbalizing. So it's important to shift that core belief inside. It, it's, it's important to know what's in there, isn't it? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And the one way you do that is by becoming familiar with your own energy and with your own thought system and asking that question, whose stuff is this? If you're hearing those voices and those repeated patterns, think to yourself, where is this coming from? Is yeah. this really my belief? Do I really believe that? And if not, I'm willing to let it go. It does not serve me. And sometimes you need help with that. You know, a, yes, a hypnotherapist could help you with those kind of things. All you can help you find jealous. them and can help switch them around. How does empathy differ from intuition? Is it the same? Are you also an intuitive? Well, I think it's very much the same. I think intuitive uh, is our um, kind of like our our package deal that we come here on in the earth suit with, that we have the ability to connect with our divine guidance because we are never uh, apart or separate from that higher essence. That is our essence that is in another realm and then are, you know, featuring that in this uh, physical realm. So the, um, I'm sorry, Irene, I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that? I don't know where you were going with that, but we were talking about you know whether an, whether you're an empath and an intuitive. Is and everybody intuitive? intuitive? Yes. yes. Do you everybody think that everybody's intuitive? They just haven't developed the gift. It can be that they haven't developed it, or that they've shut it down. If it becomes very very painful, you may just do like I did for a while and just shut it down and say, "I'm not an empath. I'm not intuitive," and yeah. just kind of close that self part of you off. But that's very kind of a frustrating place to be where you're stuffing that kind of energy so intuition i think i think empathy is a part of your divine intuition not everybody has empathy to the degree that you or i or, or other empaths may have but i think we all have some sort of intuition being that is our divine guidance system how has being being an empath affected your life what's the difference that it's made if you weren't an empath how would it be different I think that being an empath has so defined my personality, it would be like losing my identity if I was no longer able to feel like this. It would it would be just like starting over. So I think uh, it's affected me in every way. I mean, at first I felt like a misfit even in my own family because I didn't have the understanding. I didn't know that everybody didn't feel like I felt, and yet I knew that something was different about me. I didn't like being labeled emotionally weak or mentally unstable because of my supernatural abilities. But now that I understand them and I've found a community where I can share them, I find that my life is enriched by being an empath and that I'm using this gift to not only heal myself and raise my personal vibration, but to also just uh, change my own life so that I can share with others now without uh, causing any kind of detrimental backlash to my own self. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I hear you. You know what? It's time to go to break again. I know you want to come back with us uh, because this is an exciting conversation. So this is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show on World Talk Radio. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back soon with my guest, Yvonne Perry, so stay tuned. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you looking for tips, tricks, secrets, and techniques that you can use anywhere, anytime, on virtually any problem? Tune in to Magic at Your Fingertips with EFT virtuoso Teresa Bolin. You are a divine manifestation of love and light. Take back control of your life and create the life that you want using EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. You'll overcome the obstacles that stand in the way of living your heart's desire. Magic at Your Fingertips airs live at 6 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. in Japan on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Yvonne Perry. Yvonne is an empath and has written a book called Whose Stuff Is This? Uh, about what it's like to be an empath. There are a lot of children now, Yvonne, who are empathic. Let's talk a little bit about these children. How does this empathy, this empathic ability affect them? Well, children are naturally open to the spirit world and the energy of other dimensions as well as to the energy of people on this plane. So it's not uncommon for them to see or hear ghosts or know things about people that have not been told to them. Uh, they may have premonitions about future events. They may do astral travel or have out-of-body experience. But many of them, more and more of them, are having premonition um, or, or showing keen intuitive skills and are empathic, very energy-sensitive. Um, they they can, it seems like as their brain develops, Karen uh, Good, Dr. Karen Good, who helped me with the book, talked a little bit about brain development of children. And it seems that as the uh, brain develops in children, the uh, psychic realm is kind of shut down or is, becomes unutilized as children reach school age. But it seems like also more and more kids and teens these days are reporting remaining open to these realms. Now, that can be very upsetting for a child or a teen who's raised in a family who does not know how to help them process this type of psychic information. Um, I have a psychic grandson. I mentioned when we started the show that I have 11 grandkids. Well, my firstborn biological grandson began showing these types of empathic gifts from a very early age, even while he was oh, seven or eight, nine months old, he was looking about me and grinning and then looking at me and then looking over my head and grinning as if he were able to see the guys around me. He probably uh, was. He probably was. 
And then he called himself a wise old soul when he was about three years old. So I don't know where he came up with that. Oh, that's that, interesting. That he is a wise old soul, and that he was just speaking straight from his spirit rather than that of his um, three-year-old maturity. He's been mature way above his years. Um, I remember he was probably about three years old, and we were driving down the road, and um, we were talking about family relationships. I like to try to teach a little bit as, as I have my children around me, my grandchildren. And I said, well, you know, Aunt Say Say, she's my daughter, and your dad's my son. And, you know, Grandpa, he used to be my husband. He says, and you, and I said, and we have two kids, and that was your Aunt, uh, your aunt Say Say and your daddy. He says, you were supposed to have three kids. Oh. Excuse me? And he says, you wouldn't let me come in. And oh. I was just floored. I, I'm like, what? And immediately I remembered uh, an episode prior to giving birth to my firstborn son in which I thought I might have miscarried. I was not positive that I was pregnant because back then you just didn't go running to the doctor or doing pregnancy tests. They weren't that reliable anyway. Yeah, you waited until you... Yeah, Yeah, you waited until you had morning sickness and started showing. Oh, I must be pregnant. But back then, you know... uh, I just kind of dismissed it, and it was one of those things I tucked away going, hmm, wonder if. And then he confirmed it like that, and he was upset with me. His soul was upset that I did not let him come in. Oh. And I, just, I realized I was not speaking to the three-year-old in this dimension. I was speaking to his higher self, to his soul. So I just uh, tossed abandon to, to trying to explain it to a three-year-old, and I spoke directly to his soul, and I said, look, you have some psychic gifts that I could not handle or appreciate, much less help you develop, had you come in as my son rather than my grandson. I was steeped in religion that would have shut you down. And now, because you are my grandson and you have come in 30 years later, I am more able to help you develop this. You have come into a mother and father who understand your gift and can support you. Believe me, it's much better off for you to be my grandson than my son. Did he understand it? Well, all of a sudden he just... he just stopped like he was listening and like he was thinking about it. And then I didn't say anything. I would just soak in and see what he came back with. And he says, um, Bon Bon, can we go to McDonald's now? <laughs> like, Don't you yeah, love I need it. to pull over anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I really need to pull over <laughs> I now. To, I need to get yeah. off the road for a minute and kind of recompose. Because by that point, tears were just streaming down my face. I'm like, oh, my God, the wisdom coming from this child cannot be that of a three-year-old. This is channeling. We need to listen to the children. We really need to pay attention to what they say. It's sometimes it's incredible wisdom that's well, coming. Well, he and I are still them. able to talk about such things that, that a lot of adults aboard with children. And we talked about death and afterlife and ghosts and healing and uh, diversity. And spiritual you wrote a book on death and dying in the afterlife, didn't did. you? I did, yes. Tell us More a little bit about it. How does More that work fear. with the topic of intuition and empathy? How does it all work together, or does well, it? It was a lead-in, because when I wrote that book, I was still not understanding the gift of empathy, but I was having a lot of spirit visitation, and I was learning how to manage that energy and that event and episode. So um, I wrote that book. I also was um, processing through the grief of losing a beloved uncle who had been in, in a hospice for over a year. And um, so that was, a you know, you kind of write out of your experience of wherever you are at the moment, and that's what that book is. It gives a lot of tips for uh, comforting loved ones or uh, dealing with the uh, spirit of the loved one who may come to visit us when they first leave the body. Um, so that has some, uh, also some 
tips about some things that maybe other people are not as quite as familiar with, and that is the walk-in experience that um, uh, where a soul is exchanged. So that book touches on that and suicide and euthanasia and hospice and looking for signs that death is near and not being afraid of what's in the afterlife, realizing our divine connection extends beyond physical life. Exactly. We're, we're so afraid of death because we've been taught so much about hell and punishment and all of those right. things and um it, there are other there are other beliefs than that and i would encourage the audience to search for those you know and find things that speak to your soul uh, about what happens when you die uh, there's a lot of information on my blog about that as well it's uh, deathdyingafterlife.com say that it's again deathdyingafterlife.com and that will take you there to where you can get all kinds of information about the book, tons of articles and some interaction with other people who have had near-death experiences and spirit visitations as well as those who are grieving loved ones. So uh, you're an avid blogger as well as all of these other yeah. things. <laughs> all of my books have a blog and my business has a blog and I have a newsletter that is an uh, easing blog. So, yes, yeah, I have some blogs that I maintain. <laughs> some people who are listening to this may be wondering about your business because it seems that more and more people have a book in them if if i wanted to write a book but i know i needed help um what would you tell me you could do for you, for me what what your what are your services well first of all i'd find out where you're at in the writing process is it just an idea that you have in your head and you haven't written the first word or do you have a manuscript that is pretty much finished but you need a second pair of eyes on it maybe you need a copy edit or a proofread so i'd ascertain where you're at in the process and then pick up with that to help you develop the manuscript or to put you in touch with someone on my team that does copy editing or proofreading those are not my forte my forte is the development of the thoughts to help you see what's missing component here, what you should add to flesh that out, uh, where's some supportive information that you could use to go with this. I do only um, spirituality, self-help, but there are other genres on that my team is able to handle, including nonfiction. But um, my forte, of course, I, uh, my forte is the, uh, the is spiritual, the spiritual. But your company is pretty much a general help kind of company that would help yes. anybody with any type of book? Oh, yes. Yeah. A network of freelance writers, ghostwriters, and proofreading. And the team and I provide writing, editing, uh, proofreading for books, articles, bios, web, web text, resumes, business documents, all kinds of things. So take a look at writersinthesky.com. You'll see all it, the kinds of things that we can provide. I'm amused with the name, too, because I always, I think of it as Ghost Riders in the Sky. You know the song, Ghost Riders in the Sky. That's where mm -hmm. it takes me. But, you know, this is um, a service that many people could use to get their ideas uh, in print. And there's oh, yes. so many people who have such great ideas but don't know how to develop the, the thought and don't know how to begin to get it on paper and can't see your mistakes. You can't edit your own stuff. Mm, it's hard. It's very difficult to edit your own stuff. You get too close to it. You think what you've said is what you meant, but somebody else reads it and they go, ah. <laughs> yeah, what? What did you say? We're right <laughs> and, up to the end of the show, Yvonne. What would, what's the thought that you'd like to leave the listeners with? Your, your last word to the, visit, to the, to the listeners. 
I think it is to be real and to own your truth rather than just believing what has been passed down to you. To not be afraid to give your permi- yourself permission to search beyond the boundaries of your experience, whether it's in your childhood or in your religion or in your um, relationship with someone else, and to take care of yourself. Because as you take care of yourself and you provide spiritual nourishment for yourself, you will find an endless reservoir of joy inside of you that you can then share with others without draining yourself. Ah, good words. Our next week's guest is Karen Sloan. We'll be talking about unfear. So tune in next week. I want to thank Yvonne so much for being with us today. Yvonne, what you've said has been powerful, has been clarifying, I'm sure, for many who are experiencing some of these things, and we appreciate it so much. And I appreciate the chance to share with you. It's been a pleasure. Everybody get her book, Whose Stuff (laughs) Is This? This is Irene Conlon saying goodbye for the Self-Improvement Show for this week. Tune in next week. We'll be talking with Karen Sloan. Bye now and have a really wonderful week. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.